This is EconoPolitics, the official podcast of the Economics and Politics section of LASA, the Latin American Studies Association. EconoPolitics aims to foster greater dialogue between academics and practitioners throughout the region and to discuss major regional issues. I'm Joseph Marks, host of EconoPolitics. Welcome to today's show. This is EconoPolitics. I'm Joseph Marx, and today our special guest is André Lois, who joins us from Sao Paulo, where he, he is the chief economist for Latin America at Morgan Stanley. We continue to look at how economists, analysts, and strategists see Latin America. Welcome, André. We are delighted to have you on the show. Good morning, Joseph. Good afternoon in Europe. Uh, thanks for your invitation and, and, and Latin American Studies Association. Great. Andre, we are in March, still early in the year. So perhaps we can begin with a quick review of your forecast uh, regarding 2022 macroeconomic scenario for the region. Well, um, after a year of bouncing back from the COVID shock in 2021, uh, the region will be barely back to its trend growth in 2022, assuming trend growth as the average of what we have seen in the past decade. Um, I think the reasons are many. Um, we, we see um, more structural uh, uh, reasons explaining a, a fading trend growth in the region. Uh, demographics is no longer as good as it has been in the past. Take a country like Brazil, for instance, uh, population in working age grows slightly below 1% per year uh, uh, currently. Um, also, the quality of uh, the human capital is, is not good. Brazil, Brazil and, and, and Andeans, Mexico, probably with the exception of Uruguay, uh, and somehow Chile, they they uh, uh, perform badly on on the OECD PISA exam, for instance. Um, and on the other side, business environment is not also conducive to a high uh, investment over GDP. Uh, there is a lot of red tape in the region, bureaucracy uh, uh, in some countries, a high fiscal burden. So I guess that. Uh, more than just the some scaring we may have seen because of COVID, what we are seeing is a reduction uh, in, in the trend growth of the region, which is more structural. And at the same time, in 2022, we have this coupled with, uh, uh, with higher inflation. So the scenario of stagflation that we are seeing uh, 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 starting to build up in many places, I think it is a reality in some some countries in the region uh inflation uh, uh in the region is is a complex problem we have had countries with hyperinflation in the past so typically inflation expectations they are less anchored than in developed markets or even in 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 asia developing countries um this uh has been uh, we have been touched by uh, as in many other regions, by a sequence of supply shocks. Uh, and then after some time, the supply shocks started to transmit to other prices, having second round effects. Um, and uh, uh, inflation expectations started to de-anchor. Central banks of the region 
in the beginning try to to uh, um, look to these uh, supply shocks as temporary and try not to increase materially interest rates because of them, given that we were still with a, a, a negative output gap in the region. Uh, but given the sequence of the shocks and 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 eventually the the, the anchoring of inflation expectations, they were obliged to increase more promptly to front load more these increase in rates and uh, and at the end of the day to have uh, uh, probably much higher terminal rates of this tightening cycle than we have expected in the beginning. So I guess that uh, the, the general picture is one with uh, low growth and the high inflation this year. The central banks, you know, uh, being uh, according to their mandates, uh, trying to control inflation, they will they will be successful in our view. Also because not only because they are they are acting according to the to the playbook, but also because uh, in Latin America you don't have uh, at this point labor markets uh, in a uh, particularly overheated. Uh, in some countries, is exactly the opposite. So differently from the U.S., for instance, where the labor market. Is, is putting pressure on inflation at this point. This is not the case uh, in most of the continents, most of the region. Um, but I would say uh, this, this combination of high inflation, eroding purchasing power of the population, plus the subsequent increase in rates, which of course affects uh, uh, credit origination for companies and for households, uh, is having an important effect uh, not only on containing the the, 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 the the expansion of GDP, but also, uh, especially the erosion of purchasing power that I mentioned, uh, but also regarding uh, the way the, the, the region is, is going out of COVID in terms of poverty and inequality. Clearly, uh, these, two, uh, uh, these two aspects uh, uh, worsened materially uh, uh, during this, this COVID period. It, it would seem um, terribly complicated for you to look at the global um, inflation together with the local idiosyncratic inflation. How do you, how do you separate that? And uh, are there countries where the global factor is more pronounced um, and in other countries where the local uh, trends are pressuring more inflation? Um, okay. Well, in general, uh, during the second half, since the second half of last year, we saw the global component being more important. Inflation went up uh, uh, everywhere, and this contaminates uh, 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 through trade and, and capital flows uh, uh, the region. Having said that, um, there are countries where uh, idiosyncratic uh, uh, aspects are more important. Brazil, for instance, was one of them, because in Brazil you have a situation on on the production, on the prices of electric energy, where a country which is very much hydro energy powered, uh, whenever you have a drought like you had last year, you start to be obliged to resort more on thermal plants, which have a cost of generation which is much higher than the hydro then uh, 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 the mechanism that you have for, for the, the, the tariff setting uh, uh, goes 
recognizing this rise in the generation cost and increasing the final tariff whenever you have the situation. This was very uh, idiosyncratic uh, 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 for Brazil. Uh, in other places, I would say, such as in Chile, where we have had uh, uh, an enormous amount of, uh, of uh, support, fiscal support, uh, and also withdrawals that the, 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 the population could do from their pension funds, which were allowed by Congress. So uh, this fiscal and quasi-fiscal uh, uh, support during COVID uh, crisis was particularly strong in Chile. So you have something which is more related to domestic demand, even if the labor market is still uh, uh, not back to pre-COVID levels, you have uh, cash transfers, which have been very, very strong in Chile. To, uh, to give you a number, it was almost close to 30% of GDP in two years. So amazing, very, very high. Uh, of course, in Chile, you have more uh, 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 more of the, the demand-led uh, uh, inflation aspects than in other countries of the region. But I would say that during the, the, the period where, where the, 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 the global uh, factor increased, it has touched almost everybody. So in a scenario of low growth, increasing inflation, um, the re some countries in the region also have some um, uh, important uh, political challenges. There are elections this year in Brazil and in Colombia, um, eventually in Chile, a constituent assembly writing a new constitution. How do these um, events further impact the local economics in each of these countries? Well, um, elections in Latin America in general tend to to bring more uncertainty than in other places. Um, I think these are still democracies which are young. Um, you have more questioning from time to time of some, uh, uh, some pillars of uh, the constitution which are, which are discussed during elections, which in more mature democracies you would probably, you don't have that anymore. So uh, in general, they are, periods where you, you, you have more uncertainty. If you, if you put that in the context of COVID, of course, uh, uh, you have, uh, in general, in the region, uh, a, a higher demand from the society for uh, more uh, social spending, and I would say more permanent social spending. This was particularly strong in Chile, we saw. And when I say from the society, I think it's it's important. Uh, 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 I think Chile is particularly uh, particularly good example of that. You remember that in 2019 there were violent protests in Chile, um, and the, the the population since then has been showing that they believe that Chile is uh, 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 you know behind other countries in the region in terms of uh, 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 transfer programs and other and other social, uh, um, social policies. Uh, the social security system in Chile also has been challenged recently as something that it was uh, good in, in some sense of being, being uh, 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 financially balanced, uh, but that had uh, generated a, a level of, of pensions which was uh, 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 short of what people expected. So there was 
there has been since then an important demand for more participation of the, the state on the social security system as well. Um, so uh, I guess that the, the elections, uh, the, the presidential elections and the, the, the voting for the National Assembly, they materialize this desire for changes. Uh, we don't think, for instance, that in Chile that the changes will be uh, material, the country will not change mostly its, its prudent uh, 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 macroeconomic approach. Uh, there is a, is a, Chile has been a best in class in, in Latin America over the, 30 to four, the last 30 to 40 years. But there is a clear uh, uh, mandate for the new president to increase permanent spending uh, 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 on, on social matters. And he will do that uh, in, for doing that and, uh, and keeping fiscal accounts in order, uh, you need to increase the fiscal burden in the country, a country where the fiscal burden for corporates, for instance, is no longer as low as it has been in the past. So it tends to have some impact on, on growth. So again, the, the point I made in the beginning that uh, 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 the region starts to be a, a, a very heavy uh, 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 environment for investment, uh, for instance, I guess that the, the, the outcome of what we are seeing politically in Chile will be one that will make the country a little less competitive for receiving local and foreign investments and probably growth will be a little lower. And I think that this discussion about this demand for a, a higher social, permanent social spending is across the region, uh, probably in Mexico a little less, but in South America, certain certainly uh, uh, very spread among countries. So this is a discussion in Brazil. Uh, we already saw the, the, the current government increasing social transfers at the end of last year. This, uh, during the campaign, will be in the rhetoric an important point in, in both sides, the incumbent and, and the opposition candidates, uh, and in Colombia as well. Um, given the scenario that you've portrayed to us, I would assume that all eyes are on the Fed and its decisions. To what degree are the local, regional, central banks synchronized with the Fed? This is an in interesting question because I, 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 I think people have the impression that the concern with the Fed is, is, is larger than it really is. In fact, we see two central banks in the region which uh, historically, and if you econometrically test that, uh, uh, you see that they historically time their decisions with the Fed. This is Mexico and Colombia, and for obvious reasons. Mexico is a country that has such a, a deep exchange with the US in terms of trade, labor, capitals, everything, that it cannot afford to be materially different in terms of monetary policy from, from the US. This would cause too much disequilibrium on these exchanges. Uh, in the case of Colombia, also it's the US is, is, is a, 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 an important trade partner, but uh, mostly it happens because Colombia has a more structural problem with the, its current account. Its current account, uh, 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 has a structurally high deficit. Um, also, the, 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 the public debt of, of Colombia 
has an important part which is financed by uh, uh, foreign investors, which means that uh, you need to keep a certain a certain uh, uh, a certain interest rate differential minimum to keep having these flows. Uh, in the case of the current account that I mentioned, uh, foreign direct investment flows have been low and not enough in many moments to cover the current account deficit. So basically, Colombia has to become more attractive during these moments. Uh, 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 and in order to become more attractive or, or keep being attractive at least, for these capital flows, they have to time their monetary policy with the Fed. Uh, when you look at countries like Brazil or Chile, uh, their, their, their monetary policy is very uncorrelated with the Fed. In the case of Brazil, it's a very closed economy with uh, a, a domestic debt that is in 90, more than 90% financed by locals. Um, and in the case of Chile, it's, uh, as I said, the best in class, which may, may be less uh, 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 prone to time with the Fed. And in a way also has much less needs than Colombia to have uh, its own uh, domestic debt, which is low, by the way, um, financed by foreigners. So in this, these two countries, we, we see, we don't see important correlation with the, with the Fed, as well as in Peru at this point. Two very important external factors will be obviously the war in the Ukraine, um, pressures on Europe regarding uh, inflation, energy prices, um, and then obviously the impact of any possible slowdown in China. So who would be most affected by either the situation in Europe or the situation in China in the region? Well, uh, the more open economies, uh, this, the, the more open economies uh, which have uh, important uh, exposure to China. And then Chile is by far the, the most important one uh, uh, on this category. Uh, Chile exports uh, a lot as a percent of GDP. Uh, more than, than half of its exports are copper uh, and uh, mostly to China. Uh, copper is a metal that has been uh, in a way defended by the, from the, the, the recent changes in China, which have been privileging more consumption instead of investment uh, since last year, because copper is part of most of the new, is, is needed for most of the new technologies uh, uh, that are related to decarbonization and, and, and all that. Uh, but uh, despite of that, if China uh, um, decelerates materially, this will obviously affect uh, uh, Chile. Um, Peru as well, not as, as much as in Chile, uh, and Brazil. I would say Brazil and Peru, Brazil and Peru in, in, in a second level, Chile the most affected. Um, then the other countries in the region, they would be less affected by a deceleration in China. Uh, Mexico is correlated basically with the US, which apparently is the uh, among the, the, let's say, the, 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 the three big economic poles of the world is the, 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 the one that is doing uh, or better defended during this uh, 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 Russia-Ukraine crisis. 
Um, Colombia is an oil exporter, net oil exporter, so we'll 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 have uh, we'll have some benefits from from the the, the 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 higher oil prices, and also is less exposed to China. The, the reason I'm, I'm I'm saying China, Joseph, is because the, the the region is not very exposed to Europe. So anything that if Europe is the region that will be more affected, obviously, by by the current crisis. Um, it will be through China that it will appear in the region. China has an important exposure in its exports to Europe. So if Europe has a more pronounced uh, a deceleration and a, and a recession, China will, will end by growing less. And this will affect South America uh, uh, exports and, and growth. Argentina also is well insulated because Argentina mainly exports grains and and for grains, uh, 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 you know, the deceleration in China don't have the same effect than for metals, for instance. Right. Andre, are there any positive economic trends at the moment in the region? Is there any silver lining going on someplace? Where where is FDI flowing into the region? What, what, anything okay. promising? Well, um, I guess there are some 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 good things to highlight. One, for instance, Mexico during the, the the COVID crisis was able to to navigate without having any relevant uh, deterioration on its uh, fiscal accounts or debt to GDP. So it goes out of the of, of the crisis in 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 more or less in the same reasonably good shape that it was uh, previous to the, 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 the COVID shock. Um, I would say that in Brazil, there is a paradox. Uh, the, the fiscal situation, which is the main, which is the Achilles heel of the country, has deteriorated a lot with the COVID. So we, we, we may have a permanent rise in debt to GDP of like six to seven percentage points. Um, which uh, for a country that started the COVID shock with 74% debt to GDP, which is already high for an emerging market, uh, uh, is not is not good. It makes the the, the Brazilian fiscal debt trajectory discussion a, a delicate one. Uh, of course, the country is 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 well defended by the fact that its external accounts are great. It has a lot of of reserves, so there's no problem in terms of external debt, and the domestic debt is mainly detained by locals. But of course, it means that the cost of servicing the debt is higher. It 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 it, it, it uh, um, ends by by uh, leaving a, a limited room for the government to invest more. So it has an impact on growth. Despite of that, when you look at what Brazil did in the last five years in terms of reforms and improvements. Uh, it has been a lot. So Brazil has approved a, a good uh, labor reform, which made uh, more flexible some regimes for 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 the companies and workers. Uh, it has approved a good social security reform in 2019. It has approved the formal independence of its central bank. Uh, it has approved in Congress uh, 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 a good number of of uh, new legislation for sesh for for sectors where you the government can make concessions such as gas sanitation uh railways which are already bearing fruit in terms of privatizations and concessions especially on sanitation 
this is important because this will take from federal government and state governments which have limited room for investment uh, this uh, will put these activities in the hands of the private sector regulated by the state but in the private sector which have much less constraints to invest and this is an investment that is that is badly needed by the country so uh, as I mentioned external accounts are 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 okay in Brazil, no problem at all, and, and also inflation is a matter of time for the central bank to control it. So the fiscal is the main problem in Brazil, coupled with low growth, uh, but a lot has been done. And what it needs to be done in Brazil now is to attack the rigidity of the budget. There are many lines of the budget which are very rigid, uh, indexed to past inflation and so on, and this has to be the next step over the next year. Let's see, we have an electoral year. Let's see what comes from it in 2023. Andre, we're quickly running out of time, but I, for the benefit of some of our younger members um, uh, who will soon graduate, perhaps you can very quickly outline a little bit about the work you as a chief economist, your team, uh, a team of young economists around you. Um, give us a sense of, um, um, of how you work, uh, I imagine gathering information, filtering it, analyzing it, and then pro producing it, presenting it on a weekly and monthly basis. Um, are all the databases reliable? Um, are all the numbers you need easily available? Um, how does the team divide up the, mm -hmm. the, the chore? Perfect. And then at the end of the week, voila, there you have the reports. Give us, yes. give us a snapshot. Okay, uh, it's, it's an interesting, I think, profile that an economist, um, a macroeconomist that wants to work in a, in a economic department of a, a financial institution has to have. It has to be very strong, solid, robust economist, uh, but at the same time, it has to be very flexible in the sense that you will not have time, unfortunately, to to develop things in the uh, as deep as you would do in the academic world. Right. So you need to negotiate the, the, let's say, how precise you will be with how timely you will be, because at the end of the day, you are delivering uh, views for, for things that uh, need to be very timely because markets will change very quick. So your, your clients, internal clients and external clients to the bank, they need your best opinion on the base of your, of your uh, 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 knowledge and access you have to data at this moment. And what is the best opinion you can, you can give them? Uh, obviously, if you, you know, one year later, you look at the opinion you gave uh, one year before, you may say, well, maybe I should have gone more, a little more to this side. Of the... So sometimes it's a little frustrating, that part. Uh, but on the other hand, I guess that you have uh, a sensation that your, your analysis uh, is very important for the clients. So they need you, they need you uh, to, to have a, an at-a-glance view very quickly and then you can develop more. Some aspects or some lines of research, you can develop more over time and, and present re reports which are very robust and, and very deep. Most part of the time, you are not able to do that. So you have to negotiate on your mind, uh, let's say, the, 
the the robustness you would like to see in any report as an economist, as a professional economist with a master, with a PhD, uh, uh, with the, the, the necessity of time. Um, regarding databases, uh, they are much better nowadays than they, they, they used to be. You have some providers which gather information. Of course, they are companies. Uh, you, 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 you hire their services, but it makes it much easier for us than going on every central bank or census bureau of each country to take some of them, treat the information as well, have some treatment in, in some information that need, needs treatment. Uh, so this, this makes things much easier. Of course, this is a region where uh, you have important differences in terms of availability of data from country to country. Uh, in countries like Brazil, Mexico, Chile, you have availability of data which is closer to the one you have in developed markets. Uh, in Peru, for instance, it's much more limited. Uh, 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 Argentina used to have more in the past, is, is a little more limited nowadays, uh, but it's still good as well. So it will depend uh, 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 from one to the other. Sometimes it gets difficult to do cross-country comparisons because some of the data you have in one or the aggregation is different. So you have to, to improvise some, some, some aggregation and, 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 and discuss in the report the limits of the comparison because of this, these limitations of, of the data. But in general, I think it's, 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 it's a lot of fun uh, working for uh, as a practitioner, uh, uh, and I understand that uh, uh, the point of some of these pod podcasts has been all exactly this this bridge you 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 told me between the the, the academic world and and the practitioners. I think it's very it's very interesting. We use a lot the academic world. So I was writing something before we talked here when I was you know googling and looking at new academic papers on one specific one specific, and we need to, because we don't have time to develop uh, uh, in-house many of the of the, the things that are being developed uh, uh, in the academic world. I like it. Great, no, it sounds fascinating. Andre, at the, here at EconoPolitics, we always end each show by asking our guests uh, for a special recommendation. And uh, I don't, I don't know anyone better than you, perhaps, to let us know one or two special places of yours in Sao Paulo or in the region um, that you would really point out for any of our listeners whenever passing through the region. What would you recommend? Wow, that's a, that's that's a, an interesting part of the podcast. Well, in 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 Brazil, I would say uh, Sao Paulo has a great uh, Japanese gastronomy. Uh, São Paulo is one, probably, I think, the city outside Japan, which has more descendants of Japanese in the world. Uh, and you have a, a great Japanese gastronomy in São Paulo. I would tell you to, to pick some restaurants. There is one I like a lot, which is called Kinoshita, but there are many others which are great, great restaurants. Uh, another interesting thing in Sao Paulo to do. Uh, we like football a lot in Brazil, as you know, and many people in Latin America love football. There is a museum of football in Pacaembu Stadium, which is fantastic. It has images, it has uh, objects, it has sounds, it has the, 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 the guys in radio 
you know, uh, uh, narrating the goals. It's it's great. Um, so Japanese gastronomy and the Museum of Football in Sao Paulo. I would pick another country which I like a lot, uh, 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 which is Peru. Uh, Peru has a fantastic gastronomy. So you would have many restaurants which are among the best in the world. Uh, I would highlight one I like a lot, which is Astrid Gaston uh, in Lima. And the other experience, which is amazing, is you know uh, going up and going to Cusco and Machu Picchu. Is uh, these are two sites which are amazing, really fantastic, uh, an experience you have to have in your life. I think we'll put your recommendations on page one. Uh, okay, <laughs> much better than economics, isn't yeah. it? Listen, Andrea, our, our time is up. This has not only been very informative, but um, equally very enjoyable. So thank you very much, Andrea. I hope to have you back on the show again soon and see you later in the year in Sao Paulo. Thanks. Uh, it, it was my pleasure. Thanks again for the invitation. Great. Thank you for listening and supporting EconoPolitics. Please let us know what you think. We wish to thank Dominic Wachter for our new artwork and Yusef Negm for the original music. Tune in again for another episode of EconoPolitics. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time for another episode of EconoPolitics.